I'm Brad. And I'm Alyssa. And welcome to Strange for History. What? I thought we agreed to change it. We did change it, didn't we? Strange for History? Oh, we're Strange for <laughs> History. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was asking for clarification. Oh, I'm a dumbass. No, it's fine. In my defense, I don't have a... I don't have a script in front yes, of me. Yes, but I made you write the same thing and... But in my defense. Yeah, yeah. Four seasons. Anyway, the podcast where we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you guessed it. Strange history. <laughs> um, this episode was solely written by me, which is why Brad doesn't have a script. R.I.P. But the next one's all you. So yeah. It works out this way. This is someone that I discovered while I was researching what I wanted to talk about this season. He was on, like, a list of, like, weird historical figures. And I was like, why is he weird? Um, so we're going to talk about Tycho Brahe, a Danish astronomer who lived an interesting life and made some pretty incredible discoveries. So stay tuned for space, family drama, a drunk moose, and a mysterious death. My favorite things. <laughs> Episode 41, Just a Man and His Moose. Tycho Brahe was born on December 14, 1546 in Denmark. I'm just going to say Denmark. Just Denmark. Just Denmark. Uh, his parents, Bet, Bill, and Ote Brahe, had actually given him a different name, which I can't pronounce, but I'm going to assume it's Tihe. But he started going by the Latinized version of his name when he was only 15. His parents were very important in terms of society. His dad was a nobleman. And he was actually in the closest like, circle to the Danish king at the time. And his mom's family um, was basically a bunch of politicians and a bunch of like important men in the church. So he's ridiculously highborn. Yes. Very cool. Yes. Um, he was a twin. But his twin had died shortly after they were born. He had an older sister, and that was it for the family. He only lived with his parents for two years because his uncle just took him one day. It's kidnapping. See, but it wasn't. Uh, his uncle, Jorgen, took him, and his parents didn't give a shit. Oh. They didn't ask for him back, and I guess they actually had a plan because um, Jorgen and his wife, Inger Ox, couldn't have their own children. And so he agreed with his brother, hey, if you have a son, I want him. And his brother was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. So when Tico turned two, they took him. So he lived with these foster parents. Which actually changed his life exponentially because his biological parents didn't care for education. They were nobles. We don't need it. You're already rich. But his aunt and uncle really did. So he would have never gone to any kind of schooling if it weren't for his aunt and uncle. Like, his mom was like, why do you want to learn Latin? It's a waste of time. And his aunt was like, here you go. <laughs> you don't need to read. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. We'll have someone do it for you. So by 1553, Tico was attending school until he was 12, and then he began attending university. I don't know how that works, but he did. On April 19th, 1559, Tico began studying at the University of Copenhagen, he studied law, but ultimately became very interested in astronomy. The reason 
he became interested in astronomy was because on August 21st, 1560, there was an eclipse. And while everyone was in panic mode, because who the fuck at that time knows what that is, he was like, huh, I want to know what that is. I mean, like, most people did know, especially in, like, the universities, because it had been predicted that it was going to happen at that time. Because at this point, we have um, Copernicus... Ptolemy, is that how you say his name? Aristotle, like all of those like important astronomers. Yeah, all the big guys. Yeah, so there's like some base knowledge. And so he was like, I just want to study astronomy. After a couple more years, his aunt and uncle were like, you need to travel and like gain some real life experience. And he was like, okay. So him and a travel companion, I don't know who that was. It never said anywhere, just a travel companion, went to the University of Leipzig? Leipzig? Leipzig. Sounds right. It's probably Leipzig. Yeah. He didn't officially study astronomy. He just brought a bunch of books with him. He was mostly focused on uh, language and literature in terms of, like, actual classes, but he just brought, like, a fuck ton of books. By 1563, he started recording his observations. And at 16 years old, he correctly predicted a conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, which um, Ptolemy and Copernicus had predicted incorrectly. They were, uh, I think Copernicus was off by a month. Ptolemy was off by a couple of days. He was off by like a few seconds. Oh, wow. At 16. That's impressive. Yeah, a lot of these astronomers at the time would do only observations when important astrological events were happening. He was constantly doing them. So he was able to find these patterns and find anomalies that are breaking these patterns. So he actually studied them more consistently than these big guys did. He put in a lot of effort. He loved the stars, man. Same. (laughs) Uh, He started working with Bartholomew Schultz, who taught him um, how to have more accurate observations and predictions. And by May of 1565, Tycho returned to his home and his... Uncle sadly passed away. He was fighting for the king and died. Um, So he actually went back to his regular parents because he was still under the age of 18. He went off to travel some more, even though his dad was like, you should stay here. He was like, no, I think I should travel more. You should just let me go. And they were like, okay, I guess. So first he went to the university in Wittenberg and then to Rostock. And when he was in Rostock, he got into an argument with another student. One source says that they were fighting with sabers about who was better at math. They were drunk. (laughs) Um, In this fight, Tico had part of his nose cut off. Which made him so interested in medicine and alchemy. Which matters. So remember that. Um, He actually had an artificial nose made later on in uh, 1567. From silver and gold. That's an expensive nose. <laughs> well, he was a noble. Right. You know, he had all the money. It didn't matter. So, <laughs> he comes back home, and his dad is like, maybe you should be a politician. And Kiko's like, no, nah, I want to keep traveling. And what are they going to do? So he went back to Rostock. Uh, he went to Basel. He went to Freiburg. He went to Augsburg. When he was in Augsburg, he designed his own instruments. That's when he started actually 
designing ways to do all these observations, and he obtained a patron to pay for the cost of a huge quadrant that was incredibly accurate. It required a lot of people to align it, and he was constantly realigning it, constantly, every single day. He was checking it, making sure that it was running smoothly, and then shortly after, he started constructing a large celestial globe made from wood. So he was always doing stuff. Busy guy. He very much was. When he came back home a couple years later in 1570, um, he only came back because he found out his dad was sick. His dad passed away in 1571. And that's when Tycho started to build an observatory in Haravad Abbey with the help of his uncle and his mom's side, Steen. Um, they also built an alchemy laboratory because again, he was now interested in medicine and all this other stuff. That following year, 1572, he fell in love with uh, Kirsten Jorgen's daughter. Jorgen's daughter, you wanna say it? Jorgen's daughter. Um, they could not legally marry because he was a noble and she was a commoner. But they still lived together. Um, if they lived together as husband and wife for three years, then their marriage would be recognized as legal, just like a common law marriage that we have today. Much longer now. Um, some people, like some people in the church, didn't agree with that sentiment, but it didn't really matter. They had eight kids. Jesus. Uh, only six of them lived to adulthood, um, but they were Christine. She actually only lived until she was three. She died from the plague. Magdalene, Elizabeth, uh, another child named Tico, Cecil, and George. Yeah, only six of them. Honestly, though, for the, the for the year this takes place, having six children live to adulthood is impressive in its own right. Yeah. Um, with that, like, different class-level marriage, anything that he did, his kids could not inherit because they were commoners. That's bullshit. It, yeah. Fix your system. <laughs> Um, 1572 was a big year for him, especially on November 11th. What's up? Um, he was leaving his alchemy lab one evening, and he just so happened to look up at the sky, and there was an extra star in the constellation, um, Cassiopeia, almost directly overhead. Uh, he grabbed someone else's assistant to confirm, you know, are you seeing this too? You know, am I crazy, or is this here? It was there. And um, he wasn't the first person to see this as a supernova. He wasn't the per first person to see this supernova, but because he observed it and published it, um, it proved beyond reasonable doubt that that, stall, that, stall, that star was there and that it was supposed to be there and that it wasn't just him and his assistant being crazy. It is now known as Tycho Supernova, so it's named after him. Very cool. Yes. Uh, in 1574, he started giving lectures at the University of Copenhagen on astronomy and all of his accurate observations. He went back to Germany because he was constantly going back and forth. But on this trip, King Frederick II actually offered to pay for an observatory to be built. That's how important this man was. That's very cool. Um, Tycho accepted. He was given the little island of Ven, E-T-V-E-N in the Sant near Copenhagen. Uh, it became the finest observatory in Europe and its name was uh, Ronneborg. Interesting. Yeah. 
On November 13th, 1577, Tycho observed a comet from his observatory. He published this observation 11 years later in one of his most famous works, which drawed conclusions that showed that this comet wasn't closer to Earth than the moon, which was what Aristotle's model was based on, uh, what he had stated. He actually showed that this comet was further away from Earth, like as far as Venus. So he was like changing the game, essentially, right. in astronomy. He was always working on new instruments and designs and builds. He would calibrate them and perform nightly observations. He ran his own printing press, his little island observatory thing. He had a castle there, so he lived in this castle on this island with his observatory and his labs. He had a bunch of scholars underneath of him. He had a bunch of aspiring astronomers. He had a fuck ton of servants. He treated all of these people like absolute dog shit. Oh. Because he was noble. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of a shitty person. I was completely expecting you to be like, he treated these people so well. No. No, actually, his treatment of all these people just got worse over the years. Oh. Like, he never got better. Oh, and I like him a lot less. Yeah. Well, let me change that because this is where his life gets a little weird for like a little bit. And it's kind of fun. Um, so he was a piece of shit, but then... But then everything changed. No, not really, but oh. it's a fun story. This season, we decided to do something a little different with our ad space. Every episode, we'll be shouting out another podcast. We've grown so much thanks to our listeners and our fellow content creators. What a better way to celebrate that growth than to show some love. So, here's a trailer from our friends and fellow podcasters. Have you ever come across an odd myth, strange story, weird history, or something that just made you scratch your head and say to yourself, you know, I'd like to know a little bit more about that, but I don't have the time to research it because, you know, I got a job and a family, you know, shit like that. Well, you're in luck and you're in the right place because this is the right podcast for you. Join us on season two of the story of a Smith Bill, Joe, and Mike continue to take you through some of the craziest stories that history has to offer. If you've got the time, we got the stories. Season 2, coming soon. So in the 1580s, he's a nobleman, he's got an island, he's got a castle, he's got an observatory... So, of course, what are you going to do when you've got a fuck ton of money and a bunch of people all the time? You're going to throw parties. So that's what he did. He threw a lot of parties or social gatherings. Um, he allegedly possessed 1% of all of the wealth in Denmark. That is how rich he was. Jesus Christ. Just on his own. Like, this is without his parents at this point, you know? That is insane. Yeah. 1% of all of the wealth in an entire country in the 1500s. So he genuinely could do whatever he wanted. <laughs> That's one thing that he had, and no one has any idea why, was a pet moose. Where did he get a moose? See, I read a poem, and I don't know if this poem was super accurate, but it was interesting and it was very well written. And in this poem... Allegedly, I'm not going to hold it to the truth because I could not find anywhere else where it said he got his moose. But allegedly, he was out with his uncle hunting when he was like a teenager, 11 or 12, right? And they see this moose. And I think they shoot it, but it doesn't die. 
and Tico wants to keep it. So they go over and look at it, and they're looking at this moose, and he calls it a moose. Okay? He's like, moose, I want to keep that. And his uncle was like, okay. And his uncle was so, like, supportive of this young child that he had kind of stolen that he refused to correct Tico and tell him that it was not a moose. It was, in fact, an elk. So technically, he had a pet elk, but he thought it was a moose, and no one corrected him. So I looked it up just for shits and giggles. It very well could have been a moose because they are native to Norway, Sweden, Finland, Russia, the Baltic states, Belarus, Poland, and the northern part of Ukraine. Right, but it also could have been an elk. It could have been. No one knows. Or, let's be honest, it could have just been a goat for all he It knows. was 16 hands high. That's fucking huge! <laughs> it was a big moose. Oh my god! <laughs> now I gotta figure out how tall that is! I think you said that's huge and then you don't know. So you measure those creatures, horses and the like. How tall is that moose? That moose is five and a half foot tall. 16 hands? 16 hands is equal to 1.778 yards. Oh, so then it was an elk. Because moose are much bigger. Yeah, moose stand <laughs> like six and a half foot tall at the yeah. shoulder. So look at that. We used <laughs> science to determine the species of an animal we've never seen. Well, regardless. We're doing some cool things here at Strange for History. He trained it somehow. No one has any idea. How do you train this? Elk. <laughs> it lived with him in this castle. When he would go out on errands in his carriage, this moose would, like, jog next to it the whole time. Just follow him around. Trot, I guess, the, the proper terms. And then sometimes he would just, like, take it into town and show it off. And be like, look at this moose I have. <laughs> Could you imagine one of the smartest men in your country coming to your town and being like, look at this moose. And it's just a white-tailed deer. Um... Eventually, this, um, the combination of social gatherings and a well-trained moose, uh, he, he got a taste for Danish beer. According to Pierre Gassendi, who was a writer and Tico's biographer, so he was there with the homie, he wrote, The moose had ascended the castle stairs and drunk off the beer in such amounts that it had fallen down. It fell down these stairs and broke its leg and died. Oh, no. So he didn't have his... <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being at a party in the 1500s? A moose ascends the stairs and then just falls down because it's drunk. I couldn't imagine being at a party. <laughs> the falling down the stairs and dying part that's incredibly accurate. I've done that at least twice in my life. Oh, for sure. But yeah, he had a pet elk. Pet Essentially. It's a milk. It's his own creature. Yeah. Just Tico's pet. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, his children couldn't inherit his nobility, right? Eventually, King Frederick died, and his son, Christian, uh, took over. He became Christian, King Christian V. No, King Christian IV, sorry. Um, still a child at the time. So, like, any sort of anything went through like, the council. There's a word for it. I couldn't pronounce the word, and when I put it in here, it told me I was wrong, so... Just council, that's what we're going to call it. So Tico, because King Frederick's gone, comes up with a little plan. And he's like, I want my children to get this castle and observatory that I have. So he convinces this council that the observatory should be inherited by his children. And they were like, yeah, we'll fully agree. No issues. So fix that problem. 
Um, he was supposed to fix the chapel of Magi in Roskilde, which is where King Frederick was buried, and his son, King Christian IV, in 1597 said, uh, since you didn't fix this like you were supposed to, remember that whole plan that you came up with? Yeah, I'm taking it away. Your children aren't getting shit. <sighs> so close, but so far. <laughs> Um, because of that little falling out, he was like, fine. He closed his observatory and he left. He settled in Prague and he actually became the imperial mathematician at the court of the Emperor Rudolph II. You know, just the Holy Roman Emperor. This is insane. Probably, he, yeah. Makes you wish that he, used, that he still had his moves. It does. Could you imagine a moose at court? <laughs> this is uh, the imperial mathematician and his moose. wonder what his name was. I didn't have one. So what? He was just like, I, I moose. tried. I searched and I searched and I never found a name for this moose. I feel like he was probably just like, moose. Maybe that was his name. Maybe he knew it was an elk and he named it moose. Maybe. That's what Crowley did. Thank you for putting in this supernatural reference. You're welcome. That I asked for. <laughs> Um, like I said in the intro, his contributions to astronomy were incredible. He essentially revolutionized astronomical instruments because he was always designing, always building, and always calibrating them to be completely accurate. Um, him and his students were constantly observing. He discovered many orbital anomalies that had not been noticed before. Without those observations, uh, Johannes Kepler, his assistant in Prague, would have never been able to discover the elliptical orbits, which is how we know the planets orbit now. So Earth and the other planets orbit around the sun in an oval rather than a perfect circle. Tycho actually had a different solar system model uh, at the time that actually became really popular in the 1700s, or yeah, 17th century, my apologies. Um, so he believed that Earth was still the center, as most astronomers in the past did. The moon and sun revolved around the Earth, but the other planets, so Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, revolved around the sun. It's a really weird shape. It sounds like it. Yeah, it's like two circles, like, together. It's in a really weird way. Um, this was called the Tychonic World System. Cool name. Yeah. Sadly, Tycho Brahe died on October 24th, 1601, in a very interesting way. What happened? Eleven days before, he was attending a dinner at the palace of Peter Bach Ursinus Rosenberg. Okay. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Sounds right. Due to the etiquette at the time, and despite his ego, he was actually incredibly polite. Um, he refused to leave the table before his host. He was drinking a lot. He was eating a lot. So he was holding his bladder in just a bit too long. But he wanted to be polite. He was like, I'll just go to the restroom when I get home. So later he gets home, and he couldn't go. Literally could not pee. Like, it hurt. It physically hurt. Finally, he did. It was mostly blood. So it was extremely painful. Because of this pain and inability to urinate, he became an insomniac. He got an intestinal fever, and he slowly became delirious. 
On his last night, he kept repeating, let me not seem to have lived in vain. So more of the story, go pee. <laughs> However, there are some theories that believe that he was poisoned. So, <laughs> in 1901, or 1991, sorry, the director of the Czech National Museum in the Czech Republic gave a small box to the new Danish ambassador as a gift for the Danish government. In this box was a shroud and some beard hairs with a note saying that these items were from the grave of Tycho Brahe, which had been opened in 1901. The reason that it had been opened was because Prague wanted to restore some monument or something, and they also wanted to know if his body had been stolen the way that the Catholics had said it had been. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but his coffin was still there. Um, it was damaged, but it was still there. And they confirmed that it was his body because of his nose missing that chunk. Right, right. So they were like, oh, yeah, that's him. They also found a woman buried with him, assuming that was his wife. Um, anyway, so these beard remnants were sent to the Institute of Forensic Medicine at Copenhagen University to find out if he had been poisoned. You know, you do a hair follicle test these days, you can find out what you've done in 10 years in terms of, like, Drugs. yeah, what, what's been in your system. So these, this specific test and these specific hairs did not have the, like, root attached, like the, the follicle, right? They focused heavily on finding arsenic, mercury, and lead. Common things that we know now are not super great to have. Uh, his beard had a high amount of lead. However, in his lifetime, pipes, kitchenware, wine, even his coffin had lead in them. So right. that's to be expected. There was some arsenic, but not enough to have impacted his life. What was there plenty of? Mercury. Hmm? Uh, the illness that he developed, um, uremia, shares symptoms with mercury poisoning. So that fever, the insomnia, the delirium, that sort of thing. This first investigation could not conclude if he died from mercury poison. Um, it was often used in medicines, and since he was dabbling in alchemy, they couldn't tell if he had consumed it or if he just came into contact with it or anything like that because he was working in alchemy for decades. Right. Until 1996. Another study was done with a different kind of test with a hair that had the root attached. This showed that mercury had been ingested, and using the growth rate of the hair, it was concluded that Tycho Brahe was poisoned by mercury one day before he died. Interesting. Yes. However, people don't actually think that he was poisoned on purpose because he was into making his own medicines. They believe that he made something that contained mercury and took it in hopes to cure whatever illness he thought that he had. Um, and then... Thus, it killed him. As it does. Yeah. So, I wrote, so according to this investigation, he didn't die because he was too polite. He just wanted to be able to pee and get the pain away. But could you imagine how interesting of a death that would be? Mm-hmm. Starved to death because he refused to leave? Not starved to death. No, that's where I thought this was going. Oh. You said he just... Refused to leave. Yeah, yeah I, I was know. Like, I was like, oh my god, this man starved himself to death <laughs> to prove a point. No, no, no. When I read it, I was like, he just sat at a fucking table. I was like, when I started to read how he died, I was like, did he die at this table? Did he die at this fucking table at this party? No. <laughs> Later. 
No, I was I was fully prepared for you to be like, and he didn't eat for fourteen days. <laughs> no, no. Shame. But yeah, that's uh, that's Tico Brahe. Tico Brahe. What I coined uh, the Moose Man. It's accurate. I mean, I don't know what else to call him. The Elk Man doesn't sound nearly as cool. <laughs> no. So I hope you enjoyed this uh, dive into space and the, honestly, I think the weirdest person I've researched thus far. He definitely weird. Yeah. I love this. But in like a fun way. Yeah. Other than that he was an asshole to his servants, but who wasn't at the time? Uh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> he was the 1%. It, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you enjoyed February 10th. February 10th, yeah. Today's February 10th, ladies and gentlemen. And in the year 1720, Edmund Haley was appointed as the second Astronomer Royal at the Greenwich Observatory. You can learn more about all of this in episode 16. It's like one of our most uh, popular ones. It's because it's got such a great title. Yeah, and I totally forgot that it had a countdown to when Haley's Comet was going to be hitting us next. Yeah, so... It's not going to hit us. Uh, Pass by. <laughs> I hope it's not going to hit us. Well, at uh, this rate... Wow. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to go and check out that, that countdown and see how long it's going to take for a giant asteroid to... Slam into the earth, I guess. It's not going to hit earth. Yeah, she already said it was, and this is a public <laughs> forum. You can go check out episode 16, entitled, wait, who's Haley? In 1879, Henry Morton Stanley departed for the Congo, and we talked about him in episode 20, um, which is entitled, Dr. Livingstone, I presume. Which is such a cold-ass quote. It Love was it. his quote. I know. Love it. Love it. In 1990, F.W. de Klerk, the South African president, announced that Nelson Mandela would be freed the following day, February 11th, leading to the now world famous Mandela effect because everybody thought the man was dead and had died in the 80s. <laughs> and he's like, nah, I'm, I'm. Yeah. Arrested. Was still kicking until like 2016, I think. South Africa as a whole, is incredibly interesting to me. Yes, agreed. I'd be willing to discuss it at... A later so, date. Yeah, a later date. <laughs> just the whole country. Okay. I mean, we're doing that for Australia. Let's do it for Africa. <laughs> we'll just go through. That'll be the next couple seasons. Couple. All the seasons. We'll just do every country ever. Okay. So, what, like 216 seasons? I don't know how many countries there are. It actually depends on who you ask. There's a different number for every country. Some countries refuse to... Uh, well, yeah, acknowledge other ones. I'm aware yeah. of that. Yeah, I think the U.S. agrees there's like 192 countries. That feels wrong. But if you ask the Olympic Sports Committee, there's 216. See, I favor that more. And if you ask the FIFA International Assembly, the ones who are in control of the soccer ball, football, I'm so sorry, Spanish <laughs> major, there's like... I've never clubbed that in my life. Like 260-some? Everyone's got different numbers, and it's so fun to me. Anyway. Anyway. Since this was loosely about space, in 2021, astronomers confirmed that the, I can't say this word. Planetoid. Thank you. Named Far, Far Out, what a name, was the most distant planetoid, planetoid, whatever, orbiting the sun, four times more distant than Pluto. Which is so cool. Yeah. I didn't know about that. 
I'm, me either. I love space. I feel like there were bigger things going on at the time. Yeah, yeah. Some bigger things. <laughs> just a little bit, yeah. Not that bad. No, no, no. But I just love that it, they were like, we're going to call this thing that's really far out. Far, far out. Yeah. Adorable. It feels like a t- what a TV show would name. Like they, ran, planet. they ran out of ideas. Well. Did you ever learn the... I don't know what they're called. There's a word for it. Like, to name all the planets, it's, like, my very... Oh, my God, I don't know it no. anymore. <laughs> no, I have no idea what you're... Oh, I can't think of it. I don't even know what it's called. Where you come up with, like, a sentence to remember a... It's a phonetic thing. Um, See, my... look, there it is. My very easy method just speeds up nothing. <laughs> But that's not what it was when I was a Mercury, kid. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. And Pluto. And Pluto. Because here on Strange for History, we identify that Pluto is a planet. Do you know why I strongly side with Pluto being a planet? Because that is the ruling planet for Scorpios. And if you're going to erase Pluto, you're going to erase me. And I'm not here for it. Yeah, no, I'm much too <laughs> valuable. <laughs> What would we do without your tweets? No, nothing. Yeah, nothing. You'd all be sad. Yeah. I wouldn't have a podcast. You wouldn't have. You'd probably figure one out. No. It'd be just you connecting Twilight to other movies. It'd be two minutes long. And? And it would just be me going the whole time. I mean, ASMR. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Strange for History. We hope you enjoyed this little dive into our second astronomer, actually. You mentioned him. I didn't. I mentioned him literally seconds ago, <laughs> and I just know how much Brad likes space. <laughs> I didn't know who was going to read it in what order, okay? I just wrote this, I think it was midnight. It's close. It's fine. Before the coffee. So. Before the midnight coffee. Yeah, before the midnight coffee. Alyssa doesn't get midnight snacks. She just drank an entire pot of coffee by 12.30. No, I had a cup of coffee and a donut, actually. This is solid. Are you sure you're not the cop? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. That's at Strange Number 4 History for all those latest updates. Uh, mostly fun fact posts from Brad. And he's over here educating the masses while I just tweet complaints about editing. Because I hate it, but I won't let anybody else do it. <laughs> I've offered. Because I have control issues. I've offered. See, and I'd let you do it, but then I'd go in and, and, redo, all and redo all of oh, it. Oh, I know you would. Yeah, so. I saw what you did with half of season one. Not edit? Yeah, exactly. I didn't know you could. <laughs> Quick Google search on my first episode premiere. I was like, can you edit on this platform? Yes, you can. I Google things that are important, like how tall is a moose? Not 16 hands high. Not 16 hands high. <laughs> you can also follow us on Spotify, Google Pad. Wow. <laughs> Google Padcasts, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, or really wherever your ears are listening. And of course, always enjoy the strange, weird things that make us us.